You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. The Locked On Network brings you the biggest news from the local experts, and this is the NFL flagship Um, I need you a quick favor. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. Uh, I mentioned the the network, and Mark Schofield is the host of Locked On Patriots, and he does much, much more. And he joins me every Wednesday. What is up, dude? Uh, Not much, buddy. Back from a little quick trip. I know you were out of town as well over the holiday, but uh, we're back. We're ready to go. We're closer to training camp. The Scott Fish Bowl is underway, so there's finally stuff to talk about. Yeah, we are going to touch on the Scott Fish Bowl, but yesterday was Twitter Tuesday for me, and I ended up answering one question because it's a question that I wanted to do a show on anyway, and I just started rolling on it, and I ignored the other Twitter questions. And here's the question, and I want to present it to you for the Patriots. And the question was, quarterbacks aside, what player can X team least afford to lose? And I'll tell you my answer in a little, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, Matt, I, I saw that you were touching on this for all the teams. And I think it's a fascinating thing to think about. And I think the qualifier that it can't be a quarterback is a good qualifier yeah, yeah. to have because for probably, you know, 31 of the teams, you'd say quarterback. So, you know, looking at the Patriots, and I actually was thinking about this because I thought it might come up. I think if you start, let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Because I know who you picked. Oh, okay. I was hoping oh. you didn't listen yet. No, I, I saw who you picked, so I'm going to start defense first and we'll work offense. On defense, I think you could make a case that it's either Patrick Shun or Devin McCourty, one of their mm. safeties. And the reason being that they do so much with multiple safety looks, and both of those guys fill a variety of roles for Belichick's defense. You know, when you look at Devin McCourty, for example, you might see him play in center field at times. You might see him play at a half field safety look with Deron Harmon as the other two high safety. But at other times, given his background as a cover corner, they will use him to cover dangerous offensive threats. Let's put it that way. In man-to-man coverage situations, you might see a one-to-one on Kelsey. You might see him at times one-to-one on like a Tyree Kill, for example. He's covered both of those guys, and so or like a McCaffrey or Kamara, even. Yeah, right. You know, so so they use him in a variety of roles, and so he's critical to what they do on defense. And it's a similar, you know, sort of answer for Patrick Shun. You know, you might see him as a deep safety. You might see him as a half-field safety. But at the same time, you might see him down in the box on tight ends. You might see him aligned at middle linebacker at times. And so on the defensive side of the ball, I'd go with one of those two guys. And I would lean McCourty because of, you know, the way they use him in myriad ways, you know, on tight ends, on corner, on wide receivers, on running backs, all over the field. Offense, I think Real quick, two guys- stick on defense because I did take okay. Stephon Gilmore. And my logic oh. Uh, oh, ah, I, you didn't know that, huh? No, I okay. <laughs> and my logic was, if they're going to go outside the organization and spend big money on Revis, Gilmore, they value that position a great deal. And I thought he might have had the best season of any corner in the league last year. He really might have. Yeah. And, you know, Gilmore is a great answer for this as well. I went with the guys because of versatility. But the thing with Gilmore is, you can put him on an island and say, all right, that's done. Now right. we've got a game plan for the other 10 guys, right? Because no, you can put stuff. him, he's a lockdown right. corner, and he does sort of give you flexibility by default because you've got one guy taking care of it, and now you can scheme up the rest. I think, yeah, I think Gilmore's a great answer. Okay. Um, I, I, I like your McCordy one more than Chung 
just because I think McCourty's a better football player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I just do like the versatility they show with their safeties. But, you know, flip this to offense. See, I thought you went Shaq Mason. I, I did not. Someone in, one of, a lot of people on Twitter, and I urge you guys to do this, they made their choices too. And there were a lot of votes for Mason. And yeah. I considered them and I brought them up. But I just thought that the line wouldn't crumble without them. Right. I think if you were going to pick an offensive lineman this year, you might pick Joe Tooney, the left guard, because when you look at this offensive line, odds are they're going to be breaking in what's technically a rookie left tackle at Isaiah Wynn. And you've got to protect Tom Brady. Yeah. And yeah. so you could see a scenario where Wynn's going to be leaning on, you know, an experienced veteran left guard in Joe Tooney who played, let's not forget. 100% of their snaps last year. He's the only offensive player to do that. And so Thune's going to have a huge role to fill on that offense. I think if you expand it to sort of the skill position players, it's hard to pick a running back because they do so much in running back by committee stuff. Obviously, Gronk's gone, although there are, yes, rumors, and he's working out, and he's catching passes. But I, I don't think you could say, oh, Gronk. Would be he doesn't count anymore. Yeah. there. He right. count anymore. you got to be on the team. And, and so I think by default, the other guy would be Edelman. You know, just because of the way they try to get him open, the the you saw what he meant to Tom Brady in Super Bowl Fifty Three. Had what fourteen, fifteen targets, ten catches. You know, he's going to look to Julian Edelman first, second, and sometimes third, depending on the situation. If it's third and seven, you know, he's the guy you've got to take away. And even then, he could still find ways to get open. And so, when push comes to shove, if I'm going to pick somebody on the offensive side of the ball, I'd say Julian Edelman. Edelman got my runner up. You know, I, I picked my, I picked Gilmore. But I went with Edelman just because I don't trust the receiving core as it stands. But I, my my tiebreaker was, yeah, but they got Brady on that side of the ball. Losing Edelman would be rough, but he'll make it work. <laughs> and that's it. Like they've they've made it work when Edelman has been down before. And yes, they had Gronkowski, et cetera, et cetera. But still, when you've got like having TB12 is kind of an equalizer for this offense. Like he can mask some mistakes, he can mask some lack of talent. And you're right. Like there are question marks at the other receiver spots. There are question marks at tight end. But I mean, I think if you think about it, Tom Brady is going to turn one of these guys into a household name by mm-hmm. November. I mean, it could be Matt Lacoste. It could be Nikhil Harry. You know, he's going to turn one of these guys into somebody that everybody's, you know, hammering the waiver wires for once fantasy season really gets rolled. And so he can mask some deficiencies. Gilmore, I think, you know, there's a great case for him or McCourty on the defensive side of the ball being more valuable than any of the offensive players not named Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I guess along uh, – a quick question for you too because it's a similar team. They're trying to build it the Patriot way. I was torn between Flowers – and slay with the Lions. Yeah. I mean, that, the Lions are interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when you look at what Matt Patricia is going to try to do on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I think you could probably make a case that it's going to be slay. You know, because Flowers, yes, they're going to get some one-on-one matchups for him. He might win some of those. Mm-hmm. But if you expect this to really mirror what they're doing in New England, Slay is going to have to be that lockdown guy because they've got question marks at the rest of the secondary, right? You know, you're looking at... Where more... would they be without him was my point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this could be a very bad secondary for the of Darius Slay there. He's played yeah. a big role for them the past couple of seasons. So you get that guy that can at least not say even locked down, but, you know, just really sort of slow down WR1 on the other side of the ball. That gives you options with the rest of the secondary. Yeah, that was my thoughts, too. I think, you know, where would they be in the secondary without Slay? It would be awful. They lived last year without Flowers, so at least we've kind of seen that. And I think the Patriot way is more coverage than pass rush. 
Yeah, and you know that's a sort of an interesting thing to think about because Belichick, you know, you've seen the coverage versus pass rush debates, you know, and I pulled a quote from Belichick like from a couple of seasons ago back when they had Chandler Jones, and he basically said, "Look, they have to work in concert, but you know, you can't get sacks without good coverage. You can't get, you know, good coverage without some pressure at times. But when you see how they've handled free agency and roster construction." They will pay, it seems, for corners. Stephon Gilmore, Revis, although he was sort of a one-year rental type thing. Guys like Chandler Jones, guys like Trey Flowers, they're not going to overpay for pass rush because they feel like they can scheme it. You know, they can piece it together. But you want that one corner, and they've paid for that one corner over Belichick's time in New England. Right, right. And that was my logic with Gilmore and Slay. So. I think we're kind of in concert. I really like your McCordy call, though, too. I didn't bring him up. I wish I, just, I would have. Yeah. It's weird. And this is an exercise. Dan Hatman, you know Dan, Scouted Academy, former scout. You know, he gave me this exercise years ago. Sit down, not even just a team in mind. Just sit down, take all 22 starting positions, or maybe, you know, 24, 25 if you want to have, like, you know, nickel corner and things like that, and rank them in terms of importance. He gave me this exercise years ago, and I did it, and I got back to him, and I had both safeties in, like, you know, the top 10 or 12 or so. And he's like, man, you really overvalue safeties, I think. I just, maybe it's the old quarterback in me. But I think safeties are so critical to defenses, especially now when you're seeing a lot of three safety looks. You're seeing a lot of sub packages, so you need versatility at the safety spot. And when you don't have, you know, the days of a true center field guy that just does that and a strong safety that just does that are gone. When offenses are doing so much in motion and shifting to change the strength, and then what are you going to do? You're going to run your safety across the formation. You're just going to rotate them. Or you're just going to spin them. You need versatile safeties. So yeah, I maybe I overvalue the safety position, but I've got reason to do so. I think. Yeah, I mean, I even picked Earl Thomas in Baltimore. Yeah. He hasn't played a snap there yet. Yeah, I picked Derwin James. Um, there was a, another safety or two of Jamal Adams. Yeah. I took all those guys as the guy that could be least. Uh, you know, want to go down. And, right. you know, they, they weren't easy calls. They weren't slam dunks. But I think the value of a safety, for all the reasons you mentioned with the Patriot guys, is extremely important. It, it is important. <laughs> and it gives you so many different answers and so many different, you know, potential options to respond to what an offense is doing. If you have versatility at the safety spot, I, you know, like I said, maybe I overvalue it. Maybe we overvalue it. But I think the evidence is out there that these guys do matter a ton. And especially when you're looking at sort of just ranking positions in a vacuum, like for most teams, what's going to be more valuable, the safety or maybe your third wide receiver? Right. And I'm with you, though. I would add safety very high. And to be honest, I'm in your corner. I think you were a little ahead of the game, you know, a little ahead of your time. I think the value of safeties are only going to rise on that chart. Yeah, I think so. My, my favorite aspect to that, though, is – how quickly do you get to quarterback two? Now, that might be more hmm. team-specific. You might look at some teams Depends and say, look. One is. Yeah, I mean, if QB1 goes down, you're done. If QB1 you know, one goes down for some other teams, it's like, well, you know, you could probably get by. But that's the fun exercise, I think, is how quickly do you get to QB2? And again, that might be more team-specific. Yeah, that is fun. Maybe we'll do a show here in the coming weeks. I'll rank them. And a lot of it depends on... Who your quarterback is to begin with, who right. your coordinators are, you know, I mean, are you a coverage team, are you a blitz team, you know, whatever you want to do. I mean, let's face though. it, yeah. some fair bases might say QB2 is more important than QB1. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. 
Um, I want to talk Scott Fishbowl here in a moment, but first let me tell you about our friends at Blue Chew. I've mentioned them many, many times. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises, which to me is absolutely key. I don't want to make a date for an hour from now to use these things. So if you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. It's not just for people that can't perform, it's for people that are looking for more performance. Uh, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment totally free, use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. Cost you five bucks shipping, but that's well worth, well less than what you get back from Blue Chew. That's B L U E Chew.com, promo code locked on NFL. Or locked on, I'm sorry, just one, one word, locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is a cheaper, faster choice, and we thank him a great deal for sponsoring our podcast. So, Mark, you are also participating in the Scott Fish Bowl, and how's it going for you? it's a mixed bag i mean it's every year you know the big thing about the scott fish bowl is every single season you go into it you've got a you know a plan of attack you know you have to be flexible but you go in thinking look okay this is how i'm going to handle this is what i want to do this is my roadmap to somehow winning this thing and best in 1199 other smart fantasy football minds which is insane (laughs) right right like And then by like your third pick or even your second pick, you have to throw everything out the window. I was sitting in the 102. So I know, look, okay, okay. I'm getting one of the big four running backs. That's fine. Who did you end up with? I ended up with Elliott, and I'm, I'm fine. completely yeah. fine with that. Like, he went first one, in our, in our Elliott, too. Like, I'm fine with that. I am fine with that. I'm fine with that. And then I thought, look, you know, maybe I'm going to get one of the tight ends to fall to me, and that would be fantastic. And I actually did. I got George Kittle at, you know, the 211. On this oh, nice. turn back. So I'm like, look, I've started Elliot Kittle. And then on the 302, I got Antonio Brown. Now, wow. okay. that's a good start. But the reason I was able to do that is because we had Mahomes come off at 104, which is okay. I get it. Like, yeah, that I, mean, I see smart. it. I see it. And then things started to get a little nutty, my friend, because we had Baker go at the 109, which, wow. yeah. And then we had Watson at the two, at the 111. And then luck at the 201 made it. We had four QBs in the top 13 picks. That's crazy. Okay. So well, that for those I of you started... that, go ahead. Those of you that know, know, know I, I explained it the other day, but it's a super flex league. So you can start two quarterbacks. So obviously they're way more valuable than probably the leagues you guys are in. And also there's a tight end premium. So they're worth yeah. a heck of a lot more. So like Kelsey Mahomes, these guys go super high. Yeah. Um, just real quick though, I want to hear what the rest of you were saying there, but our first quarterback didn't go till 208 Mahomes. It got even nuttier because like I just told you, I got into, I got an AB at the 302 and then when it didn't come, when it came back to me, the following quarterbacks went off the board all in the third round, Matt Ryan in the four spot, Drew Brees in the fifth spot, Wentz in the seventh, Russell Wilson at 310 and Ben at 312. Meaning in your first three rounds, you had 10 QBs off the board. And so this is what the Scottfish Bowl does to you. You get tilted. So when I was on the clock, when it came back to me, 
because again, it goes Brown, and then it comes back to be Jared Goff at the 4-2, and then Cam at the 4-5. So I'm sitting there at the 4-10, and I am sweating it, and I decide, look, everybody is making this QB run. I will just zig while everybody else is zagging. There's great running backs and receivers left, obviously. I went Fournette, who was RB17 in the 4-11 spot. And yeah, it's maybe a roll of the dice, but look, I'm not going to like force a QB if I don't have to. And then on the flip, I went with Robert Woods. Okay. I was just like, forget it. And so, you know, it goes out. You, you got a, a tight end run. And then coming back to me in the sixth round, you had the followed quarterbacks go off the board again. Dak at, at 6'3", Garoppolo 6'4", Kyler Murray at 6'6", Lamar Jackson 6'7". You had Cousins at 6'8", and then right before me, Josh Allen at 6'10". So I'm like, look, wow. I'll take a quarterback at some point, but I'm going to get some value here. So I went with Tyler Lockett at 6'11", which I like, because that gives me, look, you got to start three wide receivers. Mine are going to be Antonio Brown, Robert Woods, and Tyler Lockett. So you've made seven picks then. Is that the no, follow-up? I've made I mean, nine. You made I, nine, okay. Because then on the turn back, I finally dipped into the quarterback water, and I went with Trubisky, and I know that might be early for him. Yeah, but he runs. You get the running quarterback bonus. Again, that 50-yard, maybe he hits it a couple of times. Running quarterbacks are valuable in this lead. I went Sterling Shepard with my eighth-round pick. And then I I had to get another viable quarterback, I thought. So I got Andy Dalton, QB 27 in the 902. See, like, that's so, great like, value to me considering yeah. the great run that your, that your division went on. Dalton's yeah. going to be serviceable. You'll start him every week. Yeah, I'll start him every week. I'll probably start Mitch every week. I mean, those are still two That's starting so quarterbacks. It's not so bad. Like, even though these runs happened, like, I was still able to get good guys. And look, when you've got now four wide receivers of A.B., Woods, Lockett, Shepard, I'm okay with that. Shepard's going to see a lot of targets, I think. And then, look, I got the tight end that I wanted in Kittle, and I got two top running backs. Like, I'm okay with it. It's just this draft is – and I want to hear about yours in a second, but this draft just forces you to – Really think there are so many different paths with the scoring rules to be a good team in this league. But, yeah, it gets you on tilt, and it gets you on tilt fast. Because, like I said, I was traveling. I saw this quarterback run happening while I was, like, driving through Ohio. And I'm just like, I'm really going to have to draft Mitch Trubisky in the fourth round. Do I really (laughs) want to do this? And there's a stud receiver on the board or something. Right. Keenan Allen's there or something. Right. I ended up senator myself. But what about you? How are you doing? Um, I will tell you in a minute, but I'm going. I just wanted to mention that you really spelled this out well. But in this exercise, there can absolutely be a quarterback run. Like tight ends will go quick, but then there's going to be a lull, and then there might be a run on Hunter Henry, Engram, Howard. Like the 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 people that don't have one are going to scramble. That's the the phase two of the tight end run is about to happen. I think in our league, and we're not as far along as you guys are. But our quarterback run didn't happen like that at all. I mean, like I said, Mahomes was there until 208, which was crazy. So there's still a lot of good quarterbacks on the board for us. Um, I'll tell you about my team here in one second, but just want to tell you today's show is also part and brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. That's Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Mark, what do you think of this? I had the 106, so I knew the four backs are going to be gone, right? Right. So I'm a little bit in no man's land, and I was torn going into this draft. Do I want David Johnson, who I'm super high on, or Kelsey? And the decision was made for me. Kelsey went five. I took David Johnson. Are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. I I think being in that spot was a tough spot. 
I mean, a little bit, yeah. I feel like if you're on the outside of the top running backs and you're sitting sort of in that, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh spot, that was a really tough spot. I think Johnson is a good pick because, A, you know Cliff is going to use him better, right? I think he's going to catch you know, a million balls. He's going to catch a million balls. I know some people are sort of worried about, well, you know, has, how has Cliff has, has he handled, you know, running backs and tight ends in the passing game before? But you got a talent like Johnson. He's going to catch a million balls. Obviously, receiver running backs are big, even though it's, you know, the scoring rules are a little bit different. Receiver running backs are good. I mean, he went in the seventh spot. You know, his ADP is pretty high around the five or six spot anyway. So I think it's a solid pick. Yeah. And, uh, one thing I do like as a general rule of thumb for fantasy drafts is I do like to be in the middle of the round, and especially in the later rounds, because if I'm torn between two guys, you're never going to get them if you're on the end. You know, we're at this point, like, sixth, seventh round. Oh, I want this guy or this guy. I'll take him. And sometimes the other one lasts to you. So that's happened a little bit, and I think it'll ha- happen to me more and more. Um, it, so I do like picking in the middle of the round. And so that was one thing I kind of liked about it. But then my 207 came up, again, middle of the second round. All the regular suspects were gone in terms of running backs and receivers. That's basically all that went. I was hoping for Kittle, but Ertz and Kittle went right before I picked. I was a little down on Ertz. I don't know that I would have taken Ertz, but I did yeah. want Kittle in a big way. Yeah, I mean, Kittle is, I, I think he's going to see a ton mm-hmm. of targets in that offense. Ertz, you know, if I've got some league mates listening to this, I'm probably going to give something away. But I'm kind of down on Ertz, too, just because, it's A, good, we know but... Peterson loves tight ends. Mm-hmm. Like, he loves to use tight ends. They play a ton of 12. And Goddard did well as a rookie. But you always see sort of that year two breakout for tight ends because it's such a change for a lot of these guys. Goddard may be a little bit different because playing at the FCS, he was asked to do a little bit more. But tight ends in college and tight ends are how they're using the pros. It's, it's wildly different. So they've got to do a lot more. And so I think you might see a nice year two from Garter, which might, you know, siphon off some of that opportunity from from Ertz. And so, yeah, I I can understand that. So doing what you did, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and I ended up taking Dalvin Cook there. Yeah. Um, uh, two notes there. Kittle was my most indispensable niner. And right. I was torn between him and DeForest Buckner. But, I mean, I'm that high on him as a football player. I think he's more talented than Ertz. I mean, watching him run is wow. Yeah. Um, and I have another, I hope no one's listening in my league, but – I become more and more in the fantasy world, I'm a running back hog. You know, there's 20 guys that if I can start two or three of those dudes every week, I feel like I have a very high floor. And starting Cook and Dennis Johnson, or David Johnson, was a good start in that direction for me. But it was a little early for Cook. I I wanted Kittle. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Scott Barrett over at Pro Football Focus that put up a thread, I think, yesterday or the day before, you know, talking about scoring in this league and looking at some of the numbers and, you know, results over his, over the past couple of years of the Scott Fishbowl. And running backs are big-time players in this league, in this format. Like, if you've got – like, the difference between, like, wide receivers, say, 1 and 10 isn't a ton. But that top tier of running backs and having a couple of those guys – is a pretty decent pathway to going far in this league. And so, like, I'm looking at your roster right now. You know, I think you've been smart with what you've done. Yeah, and I didn't quit there. I'll get to that in a minute, too. Then we had a quarterback run. Um, I mentioned Mahomes went right after my pick, and I did consider him with 207. I thought about breaking the, the, the ice there. And then Luck, Watson, Aaron Rodgers. So I took Wentz at 306 and was quite happy about it. I, I think he might be the MVP this year. 
I mean, look, I'm high on Wentz, too. We, we've talked about him. I just wrote about him recently over at Waldman's site about why I think he's poised for a huge bounce back, so to speak. I think if he stays healthy, and I think he will, he's going to have a huge type of year. I think a lot of people are sort of down on him for the for the fact that like he had a really bad game in a big spot for this for that team last year, that New Orleans game where he threw three picks. It was a game that they almost had to win, nationally televised, America's Game of the Week, Bucket Aikman in town. And he lays an egg. It was his worst game of the season by far. Mm -hmm. But you look at the next three games, three divisional games that obviously they needed to win. He played some of his best football. And he looked comfortable in the pocket again. Like early in the season, his footwork is off. It seemed like he wasn't comfortable in that knee. Get late in the season, he's scrambling outside of the pocket. He's making plays outside of the pocket. Making plays outside of structure is a huge part of his game. But according to PFF charted, he only made like 3% of his throws from outside the pocket last year. You know, the only person that was lower, I think, was Goff out of the starting quarterbacks in the league. That's not what Wentz likes to do. He likes Mm -hmm. to be outside. And you saw that in those final three games. I think he's going to be back to form. I'm really high on Wentz this year. Yeah, I was thrilled to get him there. I mean, is my QB1 going to start? I I think he's just surrounded by immense weaponry right now, too. Yeah. So, middle of the fourth, I took Aaron Jones. So, I have three backs already and a quarterback. Was torn between Josh Jacobs and Jones. But (coughs) this league is a... Monster flex league. You can start up to seven backs. So I yeah. looked at it. If I can have three running backs that are getting the ball a ton, they're gonna they're gonna again have my a very high ceiling there. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And the ability to start a ton of running backs. Like we have somebody in our league right now that has two quarterbacks and the rest are running backs. That's I mean, kind I about where I'm got, at. Yeah. Yeah, they've got no oh, three quarterbacks and then five running three backs. Wow. We have three teams in our league that already have three QBs. Wow. You guys are further yeah. along in the draft than us, but wow, that's crazy. You're, yeah, you're, I mean, that is wide. crazy. That is crazy. And so, like, I'm looking at a situation where I'm probably drafting, say, a Daniel Jones as my QB3 because that's what's going to be left by the time it gets back to me again. Okay. You know, but you, what you said, you can start a ton of running backs. Like, you know, this one guy that I'm talking about is Bell, Henry, Mack, Sony Michelle, and Philip Lindsay, who we got in the eighth round. And they're all going to score points every week. They're all going to score points. And so, you know, you might say, look, you need to start three wide receivers. You could piece that position together because of so many teams playing 11 personnel. You can get viable guys. And look, slot receivers. I think slot receivers are kind of getting undervalued in this league. I know it's like half PPR. So people are kind of shy away from them. But first down bonuses, 50-yard bonuses, that could rack up points for slot-type guys faster than people might expect. Yeah, right. I mean, I can get Adam Humphreys in the 20th round in – play him and he won't yeah. kill me he'll catch five yeah. balls you right. know I mean, that's that's my logic here and then my fifth round rolled around and it was the first time that i wasn't excited for somebody like boy i'm so happy they're still there so i kind of broke the cherry on the second phase of tight ends and took oj howard who i think is just immensely talented and might be this year's kittle i was yeah. torn between him and kyler murray and i kind of finessed it saying maybe i'll get murray in the, the next round and he went like a pick or two after i did so i didn't do that i didn't get him but i wanted to get a tight end with some upside yeah and i think you know a you start the tight end run when you do that anyway and yeah, so you can five sort of have gone things. since then in, in, in yeah. the next couple of picks it was great yeah, yeah. did exactly but what i wanted uh, i think you know howard is howard and ingram you know i think are that sort of the top of that next tier you know, I think Howard is going to be fantastic in what Arians wants to do. You know, he's going to use him smart. You know, he's going to do some vertical stuff with him. He's going to get a lot of targets mm-hmm. down the field as well. You know, and with Humphreys gone, he might be that guy that Winston's going to look to on third downs. So he might see a lot of targets that way as well. So I think it's a really smart pick, especially with the tight end bonus. Like the bonuses the tight ends get in this league make them so valuable. It's why you're seeing three tight ends go in the first or second round of, of many of these drafts and many of these divisions. 
Right, right. And I, I I made one more pick, and I didn't look at it as like a hookup situation, but I took Jameis Winston. Um, and again, it, it did exactly what I wanted to do. Whenever I took Howard, a bunch of tight ends went off the board. I yeah. took Winston, and then all of a sudden, Lamar, Dak. Um, right. All these guys are falling off the board left and right, and I'm getting ready to pick with my seventh pick here, probably in the next five, ten minutes, actually. So I got Winston and Wentz. I got three quality backs, and I got a tight end I like, and I still haven't taken a receiver yet. Yeah, are you going receiver next, or are you just going to see what happens? I I queued it up, and there's five receivers in there and Tevin Coleman. I just love Tevin Coleman. I think he could be a monster yeah, this year. So I, I think he could. And look, you you look at what they did for him and for that offense with mm-hmm. the picks that they made. I think he could be you know, a really nice fantasy option this year. Yeah, yeah, and – I'm going to pull up my cue and just ask you real quick who you take out. Who you, how you, Allen Robinson's the only guy I have ahead of him. I got Allen Robinson, Kirk, Coleman, and I'll end up with one of those three. I think Christian Kirk could have a big year. I think Kirk could have a huge year. I'm hoping, I think he's still available. I might have to double check that, but I thought he was still available. Don't tell anyone, but he's really low on the list whenever you cue it up. So go, go hunt for him. That's a sneaky way to to score some, score a dude. Yeah, I mean, I look, I I bet on two play callers, right, for for my quarterbacks because look, I've got I'm banking on the new guy in Cincinnati, I'm banking on Matt Nagy, so I think Robinson could have a nice year. I think Kirk's mm-hmm. gonna, I think those are all really nice picks, though. I think you're gonna be happy with whoever you walk away from there. Yeah, good stuff, um, Mark. This was a blast. This was fun to talk about, folks. I'll keep you updated on how the rest of this goes. It's a long draft. It's either 22, 23 rounds. I'm only on pick seven. Uh, eventually, I better draft some receivers, but uh, I just keep grabbing the guys I like and uh, not trying to make the trends happen as opposed to uh, the other way around. What, what What's uh, uh, Whitey Bulger say? And I want to be a product of – I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. You, yep. you got to start – that. You, you have to be the one that starts these runs. Otherwise, you're going to be like me, like barreling down the Ohio Turnpike, sweating out having to decide between Mitch Trubisky and Josh Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like panic stricken at 75 miles an hour. All right, Mark. Let's do it again next week. This was All a blast. Right, All right, man. Take All right, care.